Barbara. Kristen, how are you? I'm right now trying to get my cat off my desk, but I'm doing <laughs> much better than I've been the last couple of weeks. Guys, welcome back to Welcome Women on Top podcast. I'm sorry for the brief hiatus. Um, you know, that's this is this is depression. I don't know how else to describe it and say I just haven't been in a place where I could focus <laughs> because we tried recording this a couple of times and I'm pretty like I my thoughts were all completely disjointed and I just couldn't uh, didn't want to post it. But thanks for being patient and coming back. Barbara. Yes. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing well. I started a part time job. So I'm working at a boutique paper crafting store and it's just, you know, fun to get out there again and meet people and talk to other adults. And, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to you be mean out the 30 minutes. You talk to me once a week. Is it enough? <laughs> That's a lot of the adult time that I get. So, ex, you know, expanding upon that is definitely a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, and it's help, helping my kids too, because I don't get home until, you know, well after school lets out and, my thought on that is, you know, it's time maybe for me to pull back. Not maybe, it's definitely time for me to pull back a little. So uh, it's good for them too and good for the family for me to say, nope, sorry, I have a priority other than you. Mm -hmm. So Does that make you feel uh, a little bit more fulfilled, a little bit, you know, a little yeah. bit better? I mean, I know we've always been talking about like when we get to a certain age, and it's sort of like coming up with the plan B. Do you feel like you have like the your, the startings of a second act? I, I do. And I mean, I don't know if this is, you know, what anybody would define as career building, but I'm enjoying it and I'm enjoying mm -hmm. being out of the house and I'm enjoying learning some new things and again, interacting with adults. And I think it's a definitely a, a wonderful first step in getting out of the house because part of my issues in dealing with depression is when I deal with depression, I become extremely agoraphobic. I just, yeah, I self-isolate house. Yeah. yeah. And that, you know, having something that forces you to get out and to, mm -hmm. to interact with others is a good thing. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, you know, I think people underestimate the value of people skills and interacting with people. Mm -hmm. uh, so anything that's in where you're dealing with people and you're just listening and developing listening skills and, and, you know, learning how to troubleshoot and things like that, there's value in every kind of job. And I, you know, I don't think, don't, don't, uh, you know, don't put it down in any way. I think it's valuable. I think any job is valuable and you learn yeah. valuable skills. I agree. So that's good. That gives you a little bit of independence and yeah. yeah. It's nice cool. to contribute a little bit too. Mm -hmm. You know, my husband is very much our money is our money, but at the same time there's a little bit of me who's like, "Hey, happy Father's Day. I just bought you a present with your money." You know, so <laughs> uh, there's a little bit of a more independence as far as bringing in a little bit of spending money and and stuff like that too. So it's it's difficult when you've been in this role of, you know, house housewife or lack of a better word or homemaker, I guess is a better word to, to kind of break out of it and feel again, like you're starting to get your independence back, but I've started it and it's a, you know, every road begins with the first step. So. Right. Well, very good, Barbara. I'm happy for you. Well, thank you. So what's up so, with you? What's up with me? Well, the, uh, the depression has really sucked. Yes. Uh, I definitely self-isolate when I get depressed, um, but I'm starting to come out of it and things that I do, when I am depressed is I, I, I try to come up with plans, you know, whether it's a, a budget or whether it's a project or, you know, with the certification f 
my certification test coming up uh, for the trauma recovery course. Um, I'm, you know, studying, but also doing a lot more research and, uh, you know, toying with how I want to design my website and what do I want to call the coaching business. And, mm. you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it, there's little things, just little things to distract me. Right. Um, and sort of give me a sense of hope and purpose because as we know, depression tends to lie and tell you that things are hopeless and bleak and right. you have no purpose in life. Right. And so I'm trying to combat that with, uh, by, by coming up with, different, uh, what, you know, deciding that I do have a purpose and, and, and working towards it and coming up with goals and things like that. I'm so glad that you're doing this certification. I really am. I think you have a lot to offer. Thank you very much. You know, I, I, I know that I have a tendency to come across a very direct and abrasive. And so people might be like, really coaching? But, uh, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think I have, uh, some, some, uh, really, great sense of objectivity and empathy that I think I bring to the table through my experiences. And it does sort of, it gives, it makes me feel like, well, this stuff kind of happened for a reason, you know, right. because you, you do try to make sense of it. Absolutely. And, you know, and this is, this is one way for me is so I can, I, I want to, I can make sense of it and I can kind of give back and work with people and, you know, let them know that they matter. Yeah, that's really, that's, that's it. Like, that's the goal for me is I just want people is yeah. validation. Yep. Is somebody feeling heard mm -hmm. and seen and they just want to feel like they matter after a light, you know, a childhood or a lifetime of neglect or abuse or, you know, being told they don't matter. You know, my job, my number one priority is to make sure people know that they matter. Right. So um, one other thing I've been doing, mm -hmm. uh, and this is something that started last summer, uh, I got approached by a company in Canada to use a, an app for one of our events. And it's, it was very intriguing. And it was about, you know, people sign up and they create these profiles and then they attend this event and they're paired off in groups mm -hmm. based on compatibility. Oh, So they show up there and they favorite people who they like. And then this app sort of pairs people off with uh, the, uh, some of the people that they have chosen as favorites to help, you know, as long as if there's like, a, I think if there's a mutual match, I'm not sure. But it's, it was intriguing. And one thing I said was, this is great. It's a little involved. And right. I don't know if people will really, um, I think because if you're, if you're doing any kind of online dating or with these apps at this point, people's uh, attention spans are so limited that I don't right. know that people would stay engaged in this. I said, but what they would like is to be able to meet people in real life and then message them because the the real problem with the online dating now or in, in these apps is you're you just spend a tremendous amount of time messaging people and a good portion of the time you never end up meeting them right and it really is this sense of like why am i bothering to do this hmm. and there's also this you know is this, is this person for real and oh they're just looking for a hookup and right so what i said was you know let's let's reverse that let's have people meet first and then go home and start messaging each other. I think that's a great idea. Uh, thank you. I did too. And thankfully well, they did too. It's body language out of things and it's very difficult to assess a person. Right. Uh, you know, and not only that, but you can get a vibe off of sure. somebody, whether or not they're for real or, you know, if there's anything off about them. Mm -hmm. I feel like it, it cuts, it really cuts back on the, um, 
the unknown takes a lot of the unknown variables out of it. Right. And then when you when you've already met and that pressure is off and you go home and hey, I met you tonight and this was, you know, like if if you want to here's my email address if you want to meet up. Mm -hmm. uh, or if you want to talk further. And the what I really liked about this company was they didn't just take my advice as a single person who uses these apps and these sites. They were very interested to hear my experience as a woman. Oh. And, that's refreshing. Right? I <laughs> know, exactly. And they really showed great empathy and sympathy, really, for women who, because they're married. You know, and married people, if they haven't been in the dating scene, and even if it's like, oh, they've only been married a couple of years, still, the dating scene, the landscape is changing so rapidly yeah. that, it, it, that if you haven't been in it in the last, say, year, you're, you're, you're out of touch. Mm -hmm. And... So the one thing I explained to them was, you know, for women, it's really about, it's really about safety and it's really about comfort. Right. Because a lot of these apps and these sites are designed by men for men. And they don't think about what women have to go through, no matter, and, and no matter how many times they're told, like, your site is nothing, like, OkCupid okay, is just a cesspool of yeah. harassment. Oh, and no. no matter how many times you tell people, you know, these the people on the site are awful and I'm getting these crude messages. They just don't do anything about it. Yeah. And so what I, one thing I said about this platform and it's not a, a not a dating app, it's a messaging platform. Mm -hmm. So people sign up for an event and they, you know, create a small, like a quick Tinder profile with your name and your age and a picture and a small bio. Mm -hmm. And then you go to an event and then you come home and then you message the people that you met that you liked. That's and neat. Right. But one thing I said to them was, we can't have any messaging while the event is going on or soon after, because I don't want any awkward conversations. I don't want on any confrontations. I don't want women to feel like, okay, if someone just sent me an email and I have to reject them, you know, I don't want to feel uncomfortable. And I said, I don't want women to feel, feel uncomfortable. So because Lord knows we feel uncomfortable day to day enough. Right. We have enough of that. Right. Um, and so they so they made the made the platform that the organizer the event organizer can set when messaging can start and for me it's like 2 hours after the event nice which i think is safe yeah. the second thing was i said you know people should be able to like they can put up a profile but they don't have to use their real name because um you know just for privacy purposes sure you know they can put an al alias they can put a variation of their name as long as it's on their name tag or as long as the the picture's there and someone knows who they are mm -hmm. but the other thing that I'm it's really important for me for the for the app was that the messaging all happens on the app and not uh, on a regular email platform so people can email without giving out their personal contact information. And what a lot of people, when they sign up for our events, especially the speed dating events, they use an email address that has their last name in it oh, or boy. has their place of business. Oof. And these are, right, all you have to do is plop things like that into Google. And now that person has found you. Right. And it's very unsafe. And I, ex I was explaining this. I said, that's all, you know, that's all, like some of these people just don't have good boundaries and they don't know not to do that. Right. You know, I, and I explained how on, on Facebook, on Tinder, you know, they'll go through my Facebook page. If they, it used to be that you could see who, you know, who your mutual connections were on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So they would bypass the system, go to Facebook, look 
for their friend that we have in common and then look in his friends list for my profile, for my name. And then, and then they would email me. And I said, I don't want any of that. Right. That makes um, sense. I want people to be able to message for uh, a certain amount of time, but they can use, it's all through the app and they don't have to give out any identifiable contact info and they can decide what contact info to give out. And finally, the most important one is, you know, I don't want any harassment. Right. So we cut the messaging down. Like you only get to message for like 36 to 48 hours after the event and then it stops. Oh, that's so smart. Somebody can send you an email and you can just not reply. They won't know that you didn't reply. And then, you know, give it like a day and there's no more messaging. So there's less of a chance of, oh, hey, did you get that message? Or, you know, worse, because if you've ever been a woman on one of these sites, you know that it can escalate from zero to 60 in a heartbeat. Right. And if you reject somebody, it they'll come back and it's just, it, it's not just belligerence. It's, it's threats. Yeah. It's malicious. And so I said, I don't want any of that. So now the messaging is only, you know, you can, you can decide, you want it to be a day, do you want it to be two days, do you want it to be a week? And I said, I think two days is good. That's So great. the organizer can decide the time frame. but these, these were all things that were really important to me and they understood that. That's great. So yeah, so I'm excited. We're going to start uh, soft testing it this coming week. Nice. And I'm hoping you know, by the summer to be able to have it uh, implemented in all of our events. So I'm, I'm excited. That seems to me like a really great um, option to offer people too, as kind of a bonus to the event. I know right. that if I were going, choosing amongst different events to go to, if I had that platform available to me where I felt like I could communicate safely, that would be a bonus for me when choosing. I hope so. I hope so. You know, and uh, it's uh, as like everything it's in progress and I want to hear feedback from people and what did you think and what, what changes can we make? And there are already a few things that I'm saying, okay, here, uh, here are some things that are, you know, let's try, let's sort of put them on down the road mm-hmm. or, or make them a priority down the road. But, uh, I'm excited. I think it's going to help people, you know, it's, I just think it's going to help people meet somebody, you know, yeah. because the way things are set up now, it's, it's almost like, the odds are against you, and I just don't like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, good Barbara, luck with it all. Thank you. I'm excited. You know, that is something I, I feel very positive about, and I'm looking forward to. And, yeah. So, Barbara. Yes. Let's talk about <laughs> – we really have to work on the segues, I think. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A <laughs> little bit. At least, well, like, if you know me, I try not – like, I'm just too, like, oh, fuck it, now we're over with that, and now we're going to start this. <laughs> well, if we had gone to a communications college or something where we learned those things, then, oh, <laughs> wait. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Hang on. I just – that's right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Never, ever. Well, to people listening, it might, but not to me, ever. So the first article we are reviewing is from the New York Post, written by Kathy Ann Boniello. Mm-hmm. And the title is Inside the Most Glamorous Star-Studded Fake Wedding Ever Celebrated. Yeah. <laughs> and the gist is that this this extremely wealthy, white, privileged couple got married, and uh, the wife lied to the husband and told him that they were legally married when they weren't. Yeah. And if you read the article, as it turns out, the reason why this happened is she's 
an heiress worth something like 150 million. And the father, you know, wanted to make, wanted to protect her. Right. From his potential financial entanglement. Right. And wanted to make sure this guy wasn't just after money. And, and, and the reason this also too, is the guy wouldn't sign a prenup, Mm. which, you know, if I'm worth $150 million and someone doesn't want to sign a prenup, I'm, 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 I'm now suspicious. Yeah, I would be too. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, the sto- as the story goes, uh, William Jordan Blackmore, whose Three Squares Studios in Chelsea cater to clients like Mark Jacobs, blah, 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 uh, tied the knot with longtime love Andy Potamkin in 2015 during an over-the-top wedding at the 600-acre Amanjuri Resort in Utah, where guests were flown in by private jet and the spectacular scene was covered by magazines. So he was shocked to find three years later that Andy, whose family founded the Potamkin Auto Group, had tricked him and the officiant in an, in an attempt to avoid a legal ball and chain. Blackmore charges in Brooklyn in a Brooklyn federal court suit. The truth was that Andy never wanted to marry Jordan. She just wanted a lavish wedding experience, a public relations stunt and the attention that came with it, the lawsuit claims. Now, I'm going to call bullshit here and say, if it's unethical or illegal for a woman to get married because she wants to be the center of attention, the fucking jails and courthouses would be overflowing. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Right? And and you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. And the reason why so many women build that fantasy is because that fantasy is shoved down our throat. From the time we're toddlers. <laughs> Right, exactly. So, uh, big deal. She wanted to be the center of attention, and big deal. And you know, her father was looking out for her. Mm-hmm. But what really gets me about this, and I'm not saying it's right to lie to somebody, right? Obviously not. Uh, but what really gets me about this is that um, they never got a marriage license. And he excuses that by saying, well, she was handling all of that, you know, because of course she was. Right. I mean, look, a marriage license, like, look, you want to leave her to pick out the flowers? Cool. But maybe, maybe you both should be involved with getting the license. <laughs> Aren't legally you both supposed to be required to be involved with getting a license? Like, I thought Honey, both of you I'm had perpetual to sign I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm perpetually single. I, I don't know anything about this. So, <laughs> no, you, you both have to sign it. So, so yeah, like I don't, and maybe it's different in New York. It might differ oh, from might state be. to state. I don't know. And of course, he's accusing her of cheating and yada, yada, yada. Uh, let's see, blah, 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 blah. Allegedly worried about his daughter's financial future as Blackmore dragged his feet on signing a prenup, the thrice married Alan, who is the woman's father, who once saw a prenuptial agreement of his own invalidated and had to give up $30 million in assets, actively participated in and assisted the fraud, the groom claims in court papers. Now, I don't, like, what is this guy really pissed about? Yeah, and what does he I want? I don't get it. And what does he want? Like, what are you really pissed about? Because, like, whether you have a license or not, that doesn't that doesn't invalidate the 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 promise that you make to each other it doesn't invalidate the relationship right so who cares if you're legally married or not right unless of course you wanted some of her money <laughs> right exactly exactly you know? i mean you two supposedly made in front of everybody a commitment to be you know in a in a monogamous relationship et cetera et cetera so what does he really want 
and what it came down right. to, of course, the money. Right. And, you know, he's he's crying fraud and how, you know, she she misled him and she deceived him. Um, and, oh, how could she do this? And the whole thing just wasn't real. And she just wanted attention and, you know, fucking wah, wah, wah. Meanwhile, he pays no attention to whether or not they have a marriage license. So, you know what? <laughs> I don't feel bad for him. <laughs> that is a very well-timed sound effect. <laughs> Thank you. That was I've been practicing that. <laughs> so I don't feel bad for him, which doesn't mean um, she's not wrong. Like, it, you don't, I don't know. I mean, they're just, I don't know. Like, it's a shitty thing to lie to somebody, obviously. Right, but. <laughs> but I understand why she did it. Yeah. And clearly and, she had good instincts on it. Or at right, least her exactly. dad did. Exactly. So I don't know. I just don't feel bad for him. And I would, I'm, I'm kind of ashamed and embarrassed for him that he's even making a big deal of this because dude you're basically admitting that you just didn't care you didn't care you didn't care if you had a marriage license so what are you doing complaining that she's staged a four-day fucking coachella for for a (laughs) wedding (laughs) at least it wasn't a fire festival right exactly you know like you you didn't care like why are you acting like you cared if it was legal or not only be only if unless you want some of her money and that's when you feel that what he's suing for well he's suing for fraud and i think he's suing for two million dollars oh so there you go let's see yeah uh oh no let's see da 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 da. i think he's suing for about two million dollars not sure it's based on the the article in the new york post but uh yeah you know they were together for three years and oh the whole thing was a fraud no it wasn't it just ended you pussy right Accept it. <laughs> you cry, baby. <laughs> but like you said, if it, it wasn't for the money and it just ended, then he wouldn't care. I do think that's what I think. Money directed. I think a lot of this is ego driven. Yeah. You know, true. the guy just couldn't handle that she left him. Mm. Like, are, are we really not seeing in this society now, like how fragile white man's eagle egos are and how they react to rejection yeah no kidding you know this is a fucking walk in the park compared to what's really going on out there and this this guy's just another example of a guy who's pissed off because a woman rejected him yeah and he can't handle it he took the control away yep pretty much yeah uh now keeping on with the theme of douchebag guys (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so now we're going to talk about uh, an article from uh, it's it's a uh, the cut, but I think it's part of uh, Intelligencer, which is sort of a, a a vertical for the cut the the website the cut, and it's an article called "My Afternoon with Curvy Wife Guy," written by Madison Malone Kircher, who I'm kind of mad on just because I think she can be unnecessarily cruel to people sometimes, right? Uh, but so this story first broke this guy first came into you know first got our attention a couple years ago when he wrote a post about his wife and talked about you know her her curvy body and how much he loved her curvy body and how men don't know what they're missing you know by not wanting one with a curvy body and just and he was particularly fit if i remember it uh was he you know i'm looking at a picture let me see um I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I would think people w- would consider that um, okay. fit. Hold on. I'm clicking over. 
I just say that uh, because I know there is a lot societally about people having to match. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like a fit person would only go for another extremely fit person, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Uh, what he originally posted on Instagram back in, I think, two, 2017 uh, was said, I love this woman and her curvy body. As a teenager, I was often teased by my friends for my attraction to girls on the thicker side, ones who were shorter and curvier, girls that the average basic bro might refer to as chubby or even fat. Okay, I'm going to stop there. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Please do. Please do. And... Obviously, he doesn't hear himself. I hope like not. he's very he's very proud of himself for finding his beautiful girlfriend beautiful. Yeah, and she is beautiful, and she is beautiful, stereotypically beautiful. I and think. you know that it doesn't need any qualifiers, right? You know, um, she's beautiful. You, you know, and you find your beautiful girlfriend beautiful. Congratulations! Here's a cookie. Yeah, and <laughs> really, like that's all this guy's looking for. Like, God, you know what? I'm just so different than other men. Because I like women who aren't a size two. Like, oh. Yay. And I tend, uh, yay, exactly. And <laughs> I tend to believe, and I've always said this, and I said this in my column, and of course the men were all like, Woo, no, you don't know what you're talking about. I think men are, or m- most men or many men are more attracted to women with curves and, and not so much the conventionally thin Victoria's Secret type. But they don't feel comfortable admitting it. You think so? Uh, I I think that I think that the guys who the the men who um, insist upon going for women of a certain body type and just refuse to date anybody outside of this very narrow frame. I don't think it's just well, this is what I'm attracted to. I think it's partly this is what I've been groomed to consider beautiful, and this is what gets attention. This is what I want to be seen with. This is what I want to be seen with. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, uh, like, I, I, I don't know. Like, as someone who's thicker, and I always had trouble with online dating because of my body type. And I'll never, I'll never forget. I'll never forget going out with a guy once uh, who we met up, and he'd been drinking. And he said something like, you're fun size. Ugh. And I was just mortified. And then there was another guy who was a trainer at a gym. Mm-hmm. And he said something like, uh, yeah, I'm just not used to having sex with women your size. Wow. Yeah. He was fired later. Uh, somebody apparently thought he was stealing. <laughs> so, so he's but, a champion among men. Well, that doesn't mean he was. This particular gym is actually, they, they fire people at the drop of a hat. But it was still just this idea of how the hell do you say things like that to somebody? I don't know. I don't know. We have a you policy know, around here where you're allowed to think whatever you want, but you know, be careful of what comes out of your mouth because you can't take it back. Right. As to, as Dorinda from Real Housewives of New York said, <laughs> think it. Uh, what does she say? Think it. Forget it. Write it. Regret it. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's kind of a pearls of wisdom. It's it's true, (laughs) and it is true. And I, I, she's actually my favorite uh, Real Housewife of New York, and she works out at my gym, and I see her all the time. Um, But yeah, so you know, you do. You have to think 
Like, I, I just, I can't imagine la- being that tone deaf that you, and, and lacking so, situational awareness. Yeah. That you don't know. Or any know empathy. That it, or any empathy. Yeah. So to get back to this asshole. Um, <laughs> so let's continue on with what he said in his original Instagram post. For me, there is nothing sexier than this woman right here. Thick thighs, big booty, cute little side roll. Oh my God. I'm, I'm, I'm I feel very, I'm getting ragey. I'm getting irrationally angry reading this. <laughs> um, her shape and size won't be the one featured on the cover of Cosmopolitan. But you know what, motherfucker? It very well might. Have you heard of Ashley Graham? Yeah, right. Like, it very well might might be because that is changing. But see, he's revealing so much about himself Yeah. with these comments. Uh, what else does he say? Guys, rethink what society has told you that you should desire. A real woman is not a porn star or a bikini mannequin or a movie character. She's real. Well, good for you, fucking Columbo, that you know that a movie character is real. Jesus Christ. And P.S., a porn star and a bikini, well, a porn star is real. Right. Like, and what does that tell you? Yeah. Like, he equates a real, living, breathing woman with... Uh, a movie character and a, and a mannequin. What does that tell you about how he thinks of women? And, you know, we're supposed to be, cel- if you're celebrating body types, ranges of body types, you just dismissed some. You know what I mean? Like you just did exactly what you purport to hate. Right, right, you reduce, exactly. You reduce certain body types to being fake or to being, you know, something that you shouldn't aspire to. It's, I don't know, it's upsetting all around. It, and you're also equating a woman's value with her body type. Yeah. And her desirability with her body type. He doesn't hear himself. A porn star is a woman. A bikini model is a woman. Right. A, a mannequin, not so much, but a bikini <laughs> model is a woman. Right. And the way he, he's, there's something so dehumanizing about including a porn star and a mannequin, you know, comparing them. Yeah. No, you I know. Like, I agree. This is the guy with a well in the middle of his house and he drops the bucket down with the fucking lotion in it. Um, <laughs> let's see. She's real. She has beautiful stretch mark on her hips and cute little dimples on her booty. Girls, don't ever fool yourself by thinking you have to fit a certain mold to be loved and appreciated. Well, but he is saying that. Yeah, because exactly. Because you should look like this. Right. He's, he's got a also, preference of a type, and yet he's just, he's telling other people for their preferences. And I mean, I get what he's saying. I I, I want to believe this is coming from a good place. <laughs> But at the same time, I feel like, yay, you, aren't you just a champion for women? It it just feels so, he's reductive. He's reducing her to those little dimples and side rolls and everything. I don't know. The whole thing just rubbed me completely wrong. But what he's, the real thing that he's doing wrong is, is presuming that his, that anybody gives a shit what he thinks. Yeah. That his opinion in any way factors into whether or not a woman is beautiful. Right. That's what he thinks. He thinks that it's all determined by the male gaze and fuck the male gaze. And if you haven't been paying attention that we're really trying to get away from that, like, I don't know where you've been, dude, but, right. you know, I, I just feel bad for his wife. Hashtag uh, feminism. Right. Yeah, exactly. Hashtag not all guys. Yeah. Okay. Sure thing, dude. Uh, there is a guy out there who is going to celebrate you for exactly who you are. See, again, tying it to a man. Right. He's not he's not really getting what the whole body positivity movement is no. and it, because he cannot conceive of anything that doesn't 
that doesn't require or involve the male gaze. So exactly. congratulations, Barrow. So uh, Madeline Malone Kircher wrote a- an essay about how she met up with him uh, recently because he recently announced that he and his wife are having their first child, which congratulations. That's that's yeah. great. Sure. Uh, unfortunately, he had to go and shit all over that by writing an Instagram post saying, let me see. Uh, I don't even hold on. I'll find it. Uh, oh, here it is. Okay. So what does he say? On this beautiful Easter day, we have a wonderful announcement that's been blooming for the past 15 weeks. We're expecting baby trip. Our little October baby is growing fast and is already so, so incredibly loved. Um, da, 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 da. God's timing with this beautiful thing. Um, and he talks about how, uh, he's so overjoyed that she, that he, you know, because his seed made a baby, <laughs> right? Like I know. <laughs> I don't want to talk about anybody's seed. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. And again, like, uh, baby trip, show some blah, blah, blah. We'll print it all. So one day we can show baby how loved he, she is. Oh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> so, um, Madeline meets up with this guy and, he says, you know, not many guys are out there promoting this opposite gender body positivity, Tripp said. I'm just here to say that there are those of us out there, guys out there, who find curvy women attractive, beautiful, and desirable. Again, still not getting it. No, because there's a big difference between feel good about yourself and don't worry, someone will want you. Right. Exactly. And he's not getting that. Like, he thinks that because he's bestowing not just his his approval, but his seed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Please do not bestow your seed, sir. <laughs> On this woman that he's somehow like, you know, that he, it, it's, it all comes back to him, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and good for him. He's, um, he's making a rap video about it. Oh, I can't so wait. On top of his um, internalized misogyny, um, he's a racist and he co-ops other cultures, you know co-ops things from other cultures good for you white guy for re- recording a rap video uh, but aren't they both um, don't they call themselves influencers because that's well, yeah yeah i don't even that's a whole other topic to get into <laughs> but it's kind of like they've made a career out of him loving her curves uh yeah i think they i think they uh i think they you know they use that as a springboard i guess to to make yeah. this um, to like make this into some sort of something. So uh, let me see. I'm trying to think what else he said to, I'm trying to read down for this. Um, so he's making a video and he says, it was never a consideration that I wouldn't be in it because of course not. Trip right. tells me when I asked why he decided to star in the video, you know, it's about body positivity, but sure as shit, he's the center of it. <laughs> Absolutely. I told Sarah in the beginning this was going to be empowering. Nothing says empowering like a man telling a woman. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I don't think empowering means what you think. I I need that in in Diego Montoya gif. I don't think that word means what you think it means. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Uh, I told her this was going to be empowering. This was going to be fun. He said, I'm an artist. It's my project. Oh my god! I know, I know. Um, How much contact there? 
so much. He told me his wife's preferred Soul Cycle studio was in the Castro and asked if I knew what that meant. Tripp disputed this point after publication. He said his remark, oh, he, she was talking about how he made homophobic comments. And then he countered mm-hmm. that by saying, he told me his wife's preferred Soul Cycle st- studio was in the Castro of San Francisco. And the Castro is the, uh, historically known. It's where uh, Harvey Milk is from. And he right. was uh, the mayor, I think the mayor of Castro, right? And yeah, and uh, which is a highly, highly populated by homosexual men and gay men and women. I hate the word homosexual for some reason. I don't know. It just feels odd. Um, uh, But it was so he's trying to say, well, she takes her cycling class in Castro. So we're totally not homophobes. Oh, (laughs) oh, that's right up there with I have a black friend. Right. Like (laughs) it's like I just and this is one of the times where I'm I'm really kind of loving. uh, Kirshner's snark because this guy deserves right. it. This guy's just such totally. a raging douchebag. Uh, and it has a picture of, uh, you know, the picture of the wife with the women who are starring in the video and they're, you know, they're all curvy women. And he just is so proud of himself for, you know, ugh, I don't know. I hate men. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate men. I shouldn't say that. Uh, you know, well, you hate men like that. I hate men like that. Yeah, I yeah. just I don't and, have a go ahead. Uh, well, I actually I'm I'm a curvy person. I'm a heavier person and I have been my whole life with the exception of one brief moment and shining moment in college when I was starving myself. And my husband doesn't walk around like he should be wearing some sort of medal. Right. You know what I mean? Like he appreciates my attractiveness for of as a whole package, you know, you're, I have You're beautiful, Barbara. You always have been and you always oh, will be. And I agree. I think you are the same. Oh, thank you. But he, he just, um, he doesn't walk around like some sort of, I mean, this guy is literally walking around like he's the Mother Teresa of heavy girls. Right. And you they, know, like he's just so magnanimous. And it's like, I don't know, the whole thing turned me off. It repulsed me, actually. Yeah, I, I just, I can't, I don't have a ton of uh, patience for guys like this, but they're yeah. all over. And see, I'm not, like, I'm not big on the whole male feminist thing. Like, if a guy says in his dating profile, oh, I'm a feminist, it's an immediate pass because here's a surprising fact. You're supposed to be. <laughs> right. You're supposed yeah. to be for the equality of women. You're supposed to be. And if you, you're, exactly. and you're, if you're saying it in a profile, you're using it. And right. that's disingenuous. You know, it's like Joey on the <laughs> Joey on that episode of Friends when he's teaching Monica to leave a message for Richard. And he's like, hey, you know, you just sound out uh, like, hey, just call and say, how are you doing? You know, give me a call back when you get a chance. And she she calls and she says, you know, I'm just uh, call and say, how are you doing? You know, totally breezy. I'm breezy. And he she hangs up and <laughs> Joey goes, you don't say you're breezy. That negates the breeziness. You don't it's say, totally true. You don't say you're a feminist. No, you it just negates are one. It. You just are one. And right. it just, I don't know, it's gross. And I just think the fact that he wanted to be congratulated because he loves his beautiful wife, like you said, I mean, slow clap. Right. Crickets. Right. You know, you know, I'm just, I don't I just typically like, even when there's a thread about women's rights on Twitter, anywhere. And when I see guys come in there, I don't know why it irks me. I mean, I do know why it irks me because I'm like, you don't belong here. Get the fuck out. Mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. like you are not part of this discussion, you know, good for you. You're only here to, to get head pats. 
Right. You know, and oh, I agree. And I hate that. So that is so, so, so not for me. Barbara? <laughs> Kristen. <laughs> Anything else you want to discuss? Oh, I know what I wanted to say. There's a couple things I wanted to say before we go. Um, I started listening to a podcast called Honesty Check. Mm-hmm. And it's two women and they're best friends. And it's it, it, it's not a true crime podcast, which frankly, I'm kind of getting a little tired of. It's just two women what? talking about very, I know, two, it's two women talking about very relatable things like, mm-hmm. you know, weird products that you see advertised on QVC or, you know, like what, what a bikini body means or anything like that. And, you know, I talked about in the beginning that I self-isolate, I self-isolate when I'm depressed. Right. And something that really helps me is to put on a podcast and just keep it playing, even if I'm not really listening to it, because having the voices makes me feel a little less alone. Yeah. And I really, I, I, I put this one on and I just totally fell in love with it because these women okay. are just so authentic and they're so supportive of each other and they're funny. And I, I just really liked it. It was. It's called The Honesty Check or Honesty Check, whatever. Uh, look it up. Give them five stars on on iTunes. I think they're great. You know, people are always looking for recommendations for podcasts, and yeah. that's one of them. And there was, I think, there's another one. There's another one. Oh, this week in Nope. I don't know if you've ever read. Ooh. It's like it's like a thirty minute recap of the week in sort of like the 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 bigger news stories. Mm-hmm. I like that too. Do you listen to other podcasts? I don't. I barely listen to ours. <laughs> I'm not a podcast person, but I'm becoming one because so many people are recommending them to me now mm-hmm. that it, and also I've been doing a lot more walking lately, so it's something to listen to in one ear. People don't put two headphones in when you walk, but uh in one ear as I'm walking, so I'm I'm definitely taking recommendations. You don't you don't put two headphones in? No. Why? Because then you don't hear if somebody's coming or if there's a car horn beeping or if Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess anxiety blob me wouldn't allow that. Yeah. I I mean, I'm walking in New York City. So it's just kind of like, I don't know. Uh, (laughs) I I don't know. Like I'm not on on like some secluded road, you know, right? I I don't know. (laughs) Whoops. (laughs) No, I'm sure a lot of people do do it. And I'm sure that a lot of people don't have the anxiety that I have. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's, it's, pretty common. Actually, what I'm seeing a lot lately when I'm out walking around is people watching things on their phone as they walk. I'm guilty of that. I am guilty (laughs) of that. (laughs) And I try not to be because you get the dirtiest. Yeah, you get the dirtiest looks. And you should if you're like looking down and watching, looking at a phone and you're walking on 86th Street, you're an idiot. (laughs) And I'm an idiot. So guys, thank you so much for listening. Barbara, brilliant as usual. You are the wind beneath my wings and all that. Uh, and guys, each other's wind. What? We can be each other's wind. Sure thing. I don't know if that sounds flattering or not. I'm trying to figure it out. And uh, guys, you can check out womenontoppodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, Women on Top Pod. Follow us on Instagram, Women on Top Podcast. Read the post that we put up, the dating advice post on womenontoppodcast.com. Guys, thank you. Barbara, you're the best. Don't go changing. And thanks for listening, you guys. Bye. Bye.